Need a metabolic reset? Try HealRight micronutrient bars. When eaten daily for eight weeks, clinical studies showed HealRight can improve cholesterol, blood sugar, and weight management. And great tasting HealRight works without additional diet or lifestyle changes or the serious side effects of medications. Visit HealRight.com with code HEAL for 15% off. H-E-A-L-R-I-G-H-T.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so thank you for tuning in, chopping at the bit. I'm Kyle Edwards, of course, and we know that it is week eight in the NFL. So this episode, we're going to take a look at each of the matchups for Sunday and Monday. I'll give you my picks for each game, give you it's the key for each team uh, that will help them in winning, which by doing that, you'll kind of understand why I'm picking who I am picking to cover the game. And then at the end of the episode, set you up for, I guess, the coming week. But uh, for those of you who are new here, I do pick uh, each game every week. And I pick against the spread. So what I do is, you know, they put a line on each game. And whatever the number is, you can have one team that's the favorite will be minus that number. The underdog is plus that number. So for the underdog to cover, if they lose, they can't lose by more than that number. Or if they win, of course, then they cover. As a favorite, they have to win by more than that number to cover. And if it lands right on the number either way, then it's a push or a draw. So uh, the goal by the end of the year is to be at 60% We'll say around 60%. And right now I am 54, 51, and 1, which I think is around 52%. And last week I went 7 and 5, so we had a good week last week. Um, and I'm still doing really well when picking underdogs because I'm actually 19, 14, and 1 when I pick underdogs. Um, this week we have. 15 games, that's counting the Thursday game, of course, but uh, there's only two teams on a bye this week, the Ravens and the Raiders. Everybody else is in action. So, like I said, go through each matchup, get you ready for the slate of games Sunday and into Monday. And, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, first matchup, Sunday, 1 o'clock, we've got Carolina and Atlanta so uh, NFC South divisional game here uh, we have the Panthers who are 3-4 and four coming into this one the Falcons are 3-3 three and three. the game is in Atlanta like I said uh, so weather isn't an issue it's a dome game um, the line is at 3 and I'm going to well, I guess we'll break it down first, then I'll give you my pick at the end of the breakdown. Um, so the key here is for Carolina, we're seeing the issues that Sam Darnold had when he was with the Jets that kind of led to him being uh, sent away, which was inaccurate, 
too many turnovers. And, you know, after the Panthers started off 3-0, and they've now lost four in a row. Uh, they've lost two. Cowboys, the Eagles, Vikings, and the and the Giants the last four weeks. And, I mean, they're not getting blown out in a lot of the games. I mean, they did in their last game against the Giants where they lost 25-3, but they've been in each game. It's just been the offense's kind of inability to make plays late. So, I think the key here is if you're going to continue playing Darnold, because I know they have P.J. Walker, who's the backup, but if you're going to continue to play Darnold, I think you have to take pressure off of him. So, you you know what I mean? You don't have McCaffrey. But I think you need to establish the run with uh, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. And on the Falcons, I mean, they give up about 112 yards a game. So I think there will be plays there if they stay committed to it. And, I mean, the Falcons did give up like 263 through the air. But I feel like if they can establish Hubbard early, then maybe you put Darnold in situations with play action where uh, he can make a quick read and maybe deliver the ball quicker and see if that helps him. If not, I mean, if it becomes a turnover game, then... The Panthers will lose their fifth in a row. The other side for the Falcons, um, they come to this, like I said, three and three. They've won their last two games. They beat uh, the Jets on the 10th. Then they had their bye week, came out of the bye week, and then beat the Dolphins 30-28, where Matt Ryan had to lead a a game-winning drive at the very end of the game where uh, Koo kicking a field goal as time expired to win the game. But um, after starting off, what were they, 0-2, the Falcons have now won three of their last four. So for them in this game, um, the Panthers, although the Panthers are pretty decent against the pass, I do think the most effective offense for the Falcons is putting the ball in Matt Ryan's hand and trying to find Kyle Pitts, the young tight end, as well as Calvin Ridley, the the new number one wide receiver with Julio gone. So even though it might be tricky, uh, I think they're going to clearly still you know, put the ball in Matt Ryan's hand. You're not going to take it completely away from him. But... um. Expect to see a little bit of, you know, Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson in the backfield to try to loosen up the defense. That way they can, you know, try to find some openings for Ridley and Pitts to, you know, get downfield, put points on the board that way. Uh, The Falcons aren't reporting any injuries. Carolina... Let's see. They have a wide receiver out, defensive. So, you know, nothing too big for them. Other than McCaffrey, of course. But, like I said, the line is three. And I think I'm going to take the Falcons here minus the three points. I, I feel like Matt Ryan and Pitts and Ridley will find a way to be effective against this Carolina defense. 
it may come down to, you know, close game. Falcons get having the ball last and being able to score to kind of get the win. I'm not expecting this to be a blowout either way. You can tell with the line being three, but I'm going to take the Falcons minus the three in this one. So we'll move on to the next game, which is the Dolphins and the Bills. Another one o'clock game up in Buffalo. So the Dolphins come into this game one and six. And the Bills are four and two. For the Dolphins, it is a well, I mean, they've see the Dolphins won their first game of the year against the Patriots and then have now lost six straight. And, you know, frustration is really building because we've we've been hearing about Tua's inability to be a starting quarterback, which led to the rumors about Deshaun Watson in Houston and Miami being a player for him. Uh, We don't know what's going on there because the trade deadline, I believe, is Tuesday. So if they're going to make a move, it'd have to happen here shortly. But... um, at least for this game, Tua looks like he'll be the starting quarterback. And if you look at the Dolphins' stats, they only average 18 points a game, but they give up almost 30. I mean, that's a big split. And uh, because of that, I mean, that's where the six-game losing streak comes from. And their biggest issue is they can't really run the ball because they only average about 80 yards on the ground. But I think a lot of that's because they've been behind in so many games they just have to throw the ball. But they also give up a lot of yards defensively. So without being able to run, teams are just kind of pinning their ears back and just attacking Tua. And then defensively, you can't get off the field. So that's a recipe for a loss. Uh, Buffalo comes into this arguably as the best team in the AFC. Uh, They're pretty balanced where Josh Allen can beat you with, you know, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs in the passing game. Uh, They have Singletary Moss in the backfield. Yeah, and they run to the tune of 130 yards a game. Josh Allen factors into that as well, which is a big part of their offense's You know, if plays break down and defenses aren't paying attention to him, Josh Allen can take off and get, you know, a key first down to an extended drive. And then defensively, I mean, they're one of the stingiest defenses out there. They give up only 90 on the ground and 192 through the air. So I'm expecting the Bills to probably have an easy one here Uh, the line is set at 14 I know it's a big big number but I'm going to take the Bills minus the 14 I just see Tua struggling well Tua struggles continuing frustrations with the coaching staff and all that to continue and I think Buffalo gets their fifth win of the year and I mean it's a game that they have to win like I said Miami's just not that good right now. So give me Buffalo minus the 14. 
Next game. 49ers going to Chicago to play the Bears. Another 1 o'clock game. And the 49ers come to this game at 2-4. and four. The Bears come into this at 3-4. and four. Uh, I believe the Niners are... I thought they were coming off their bye week, but no. Um, all right, so for the Bears, just looking at the injury report real quick, I did just notice that Khalil Mack is out. Which means that hurts the defense, but I mean the 49ers are dealing with issues as well, injury-wise. Um, for this one, we're going to look to see if uh, Justin Fields can bounce back for the Bears after his showing last week, which it was rough against the Bucks. Uh, he looked completely confused, like he couldn't pick up what the defense was trying to do against him. He was making errant throws. He was taking, I think, unnecessary hits in the pocket. I don't know if it's game plan or what, but if you remember Justin Fields at Ohio State, he was a guy who, you know, he has scramble ability, but it seems like he's reluctant to kind of do that. At least he, at least that's how it looked against the Bucks. So I think in order for the Bears to really get the most out of him, they're going to need to empower him to, you know, look to scramble and make plays with his legs. Of course, making sure that he gets down before taking too big of a hit. Because, um, I mean, the Bears only average 14 a game and they give up 23 a game. If you're only scoring 14 points a game in the NFL in 2021, you're not going to win a lot of games. It's astonishing to me that they're actually 3-4. and four at this point but I mean the last two wins were a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Raiders 20 to 9 then they beat the Lions 24 to 14 so not exactly putting a bunch of points on the board but 14 is just not going to cut it in today's NFL uh, the Niners average 23 a game give up 25 and we know that the Niners are dealing with a lot of injuries so, it's an interesting matchup, like I said. Two teams that really need a win right now. Bears have lost two in a row. The Niners have lost four in a row. It's tough, tough, tough. I mean, the only real difference is Niners are a little bit or, well, better passing team. I think both teams would really like to establish the run. Um, for the Bears, it's more to limit the, Justin Fields' opportunities to make a mistake. For the Niners, it's more about... I think it's kind of like self-preservation for Garoppolo. Because you know Garoppolo has injury history. So you don't want him taking too many hits. I mean, they do have Trey Lance, who, you know, was the guy that they just drafted, who's more of a scrambling guy. So I wonder if you might see Lance a little more in this matchup. But I say that because, like I said, both teams are desperate for a win here. Uh, The line is set at four. 
This is a tough one. I think I'm going to take the Bears here plus the four. I think Justin Fields has a bounce back game. He seems, I mean, just this is based off of him at Ohio State. He's a guy that when, you know, people start doubting him or anything like that, he usually has a good game right after. Of course, that was college just the NFL, but... Uh, I think with the 49ers injury issues and all that on defense, I think he'll be able to make some plays. Uh, For the Bears, hopefully, Allen Robinson has a big game because if he does, then that means the Bears are doing well. Um, But this is going to be a close one. Like I said, both teams aren't exactly playing their best football but I'm going to take the Bears here plus the four. Uh, next game, we got Steelers at the Browns, 1 o'clock in Cleveland, AFC North battle. Steelers coming to this one at 3-3. Three and three. The Browns coming to this game at 4-3. and three. Uh, Steelers coming to this winning back-to-back games. Over the Broncos and the Seahawks in overtime. The Browns won their last game uh, against the Broncos, 17-14, to after on a mini little two-game losing streak against the Chargers and Cardinals. Um, interesting thing to look at here is, for the Browns, Baker Mayfield. It was last week when he went out of the game with the, well, he missed last week's game, I believe, against Denver. I think that was a Thursday night game. Yeah. So he missed that game with the shoulder injury where he has like the torn labrum or a fracture, something like that in the shoulder, puts his left shoulder. Um, From what it seems like, Mayfield's going to start. I mean, I guess the question will be, will he be able to finish the game? If he does, then, of course, the Browns will be in a better position to win. But if the shoulder injury is too much to handle and he takes, you know, a few hits on it and he has to come out and you bring it in Case Keenum again, I could see a struggle there because, like I said, it seems like Mayfield took first-team reps all week because he plans on playing. Um, so I think, and plus without Kareem Hunt, uh, I think Nick Chubb is back. So I think, let me double check that. Canelli played the last game without both of them, but someone tells me Chubb might be Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I don't see Nick Chubb on... Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. The injury report. Okay, so I guess he's playing. Well, that's good. But Cream Hunt was a good, you know, one-two punch for them. So, hmm. Uh, the Steelers are allowing 107 yards a game. That's... That's probably middle of the pack. So my guess is they'll probably stack the box to stop the run and force Baker Mayfield to try to beat them to see, probably to test how good the shoulder is and all that. They do have Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Seems like Landry's a little nicked up. Um, And Odell just came back a couple of weeks ago. So, obviously, Mayfield's going to want to establish those two to try to put points on the board. For the Steelers, don't let Nick Chubb beat you. Get pressure on Baker Mayfield. That's going to be the key for them on defense. And then offensively, with Big Ben having a, you know, I guess average year in terms of, you know, the league and and all that uh, seven touchdowns four interceptions you know not really you know killing it like that I think for them they're going to want to use well Browns don't give up a lot of yards rushing although they have some guys questionable like Clowney Malik Jackson and I think Owusu Koromoa Koromoa on injured reserve so he's out but I expect like short passing game from Roethlisberger try to get Najee Harris established if it's not you know through the running game but maybe on screen passes or something like that get him out in space and you know try to make plays that way but this is be an interesting one divisional rivalry game uh, if the Steelers can get the win, get over 500, Browns can get to five and three, try to stay, you know, around Baltimore and Cincinnati at the top of the division. Hmm. The line is four and a half. I think I'm going to take the Steelers plus the four and a half in this one. I feel like either way, this seems like a field goal game. Either way, somebody winning by three. You know, 
if it's the Browns, then the four and a half for the Steelers makes sense. If the Steelers, you mean, you mean cover that way as well. But yeah, I think four and a half is a little bit too much in this one. So once again, give me the Steelers plus the four and a half. Next game is the Eagles traveling to Detroit to face the Lions one o'clock as well. Eagles come to this game at 2-5. and five. The Lions are 0-7, last winless team in the league. And I feel like they're getting close. I think the Lions are getting close to winning a game here. I don't think this is a team that's going to go 0-17. Uh, you know, for Dan Campbell, the team is playing hard. They They are really, really, really trying to get a win. But they've come up short couple of the games the last few weeks I mean just looking at their last five games there was the Baltimore game where they lost on like the 66 yard field goal from Justin Tucker then two weeks after that so they lost 19-17 two weeks after that they lose to the Vikings 19-17 same fashion I think it was a late field goal I think it was the game where Dan Campbell had the emotional press conference after the game uh, Cincinnati, they lost 34-11, so it didn't show up that well. But then the, the you know, Goff, what's his, uh, Stafford game last week with the Rams-Lions. They lost 20-19, to but they were in that game late. And they, for a lot of that game, looked like they might have been able to pull off the upset. So, one of these days, I think they're going to push through against the team. And get that first win, get, you know, I guess all that emotion or whatever, get that weight off their shoulders. And maybe it comes this week against the Eagles because the Eagles aren't exactly that good. I mean, they're two and five. Uh, they lost their, they lost four of their last five. Only win was to, it goes against Carolina 21 to 18 three weeks ago. But other than that, it's been losses to Dallas, the Chiefs, Bucks, Raiders. Four tough teams, but still losses for the Eagles. Um, both teams give up yards on the ground. Are okay against the pass. Uh, the Eagles have a better run game than the Lions. And I think a lot of that's also with Jalen Hurts being mobile. So he helps in the run game. Uh, let's see, what is the key here? So for the Eagles, it's going to be... I guess it's going to be Jalen Hurts. I, okay, so looking at their stats, I did not know that Jalen Hurts was the leading passer and rusher for the team. So clearly he's the key. So, for Jalen Hurts, it's going to be limiting turnovers. Yeah, just try to get points on the board. Even if it's a field goal. You know, if it's like a third down and whatever, yeah, don't necessarily force anything. Because against a Lions team that's only averaging 18 points a game, just getting points on the board will be enough. Because, um, yeah, the Lions offense isn't one to... Uh, play from behind too well and 
Uh, for the lines, it's got to be. Let's, let's see. Goff has eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, you would like to see a little bit more touchdown production from him with less interceptions. Let's see. So for the lines, the key's in the backfield. That's those probably the two most talented guys that they have on offense. And defensively is going to be to corral Jalen Hurts. Don't over-pursue and let Jalen Hurts beat you with his legs if he can't find an open receiver. And then receiver-wise, watch Devontae Smith. Don't let him beat you over the top. But like I said with the Lions, their most talented offensive players are in the backfield with uh, Jamal Williams. I think it's like is I think it's Jamal Williams is the leading rusher for the team, even though he's questionable. But uh, seems like he's going to play. And then their leading receiver is the other running back, DeAndre Swift. So the Eagles appears to only have to really account for the running backs and try to force Goff to look to push it downfield, which he doesn't do that well. Because they don't have the strongest arm. So the short to intermediate game is where Goff feels more comfortable. So I think the Eagles need to play uh, probably close to the line scrimmage. Try to take away the quick slants, you know, curl routes, quick outs, and try to force Goff to go downfield because he's struggled there. And it'll give the Eagles the best chance to win. So the line on this game is three and a half. Like I said, I think the Lions are due for a win. Not to say that they're going to get it here, but with it being three and a half, I'm going to take the Lions plus the three and a half because this is another one of those where just because the Eagles struggle uh, as a team, it might be a game where if they do win it, it's a field goal game, not necessarily three and a half. So I'm going to take the Lions plus three and a half. I'm really iffy about it, but that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, on to the next game. The, the Titans traveled to Indianapolis to face the Colts one o'clock. Now this is a matchup where the Titans come into this five and two, the Colts come into this at three and four. Uh, the Colts have won three of their last four after the real slow start where they lost their first three games. Um, I mean they have a loss to Baltimore wedged in between the three, but they beat the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Niners. Three pretty bad teams, and their two losses in their last five were to Baltimore and the same Titans team that they're about to face. So we'll have to see, are the Colts the team who's won three out of four and seem to be maybe bouncing back from the slow start, or is it just a product of them playing bad teams and just not being as bad as those teams and able to win? So coming into this game, 
Uh, Titans have won three in a row over Jacksonville. And in the last two weeks, they've had impressive wins against Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, in this matchup, we have Derrick Henry on the Titans, star running back. We have Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, their star running back. And those two are two of the top running backs in the league, rushing yards-wise. So that kind of lets you know where this game is going. So I'm sure both teams know that. So the key for this is going to be between Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill, who can play better. Because I do think Henry and Taylor will probably get their yards because the Colts have a pretty good offensive line. So they'll be able to open up holes for Taylor to get yards that way. And then for Derrick Henry, I mean, they don't call him King Henry for nothing. So they're going to get theirs. But I do think for each team, there's going to come a moment or two where Wentz and Tannehill are going to have to make a play. And whichever one of those guys is able to do that, that's the team that will come out on top in this one. And the line for this game is three. And hmm. this is going to be a tough one. I think I'm going to go with the Titans plus three. Because I was a little bit surprised that the Colts were the favorite here. I don't know. It was probably just because they were at home. And usually with the the line makers, the home team automatically gets three points. So basically, if you're a home team and an underdog, then by even given the three points, they're still expecting the other team to outscore you by whatever. So for the Colts to be minus three here, they're basically saying it's an even matchup. But with the Colts being at home, you give them the three points. Yeah, so I'm taking the Titans here plus three only because I believe in their team more than the Colts right now. I think the Colts is just a product of playing three bad teams that they were able to get three wins. But the Titans have shown, at least from the past two weeks, that um, they can take down good teams and maybe we're starting to see a little bit more of that team that last year was pretty good. It made a little bit of a run in the postseason. So I'm going to take Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill this matchup over Wentz and Taylor. So Titans plus three. All right, so now on to the next game. We have the Bengals traveling to New York to face the Jets. Another one o'clock game. And the Bengals comes in at 5-2. and two. I believe because of tiebreakers, they are the number one seed right now in the AFC, which when the season started, if I had told you that uh, going into week eight, the Bengals would be 5-2 and two in the top seed in the AFC, I don't know how, I don't think there's a lot of you out there who would have believed me, but that's where we are right now. I mean, that's 2021 in the NFL. And we have the Jets at 1-5. The Jets are coming off that embarrassing loss to the Patriots last week, 54-13. 
the Bengals have won four of the last five with uh, wins over the Steelers, Jaguars, the Lions, and the impressive blowout over the Ravens last week, 41-17. The one loss in between those four was a overtime loss to Green Bay. So, Bengals are like just that far, the smallest of margins away from being six and one. Uh, as I've said plenty of times on here, I like watching the Bengals offense play because the connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is special. And with those two being young, I'm just going to give Cincinnati a lot to you know cheer about for over the next few years. Um, for the Jets, I mean, the Jets lost Zach Wilson in the Patriots game. I think he's going to be out for like a month. They traded for Joe Flacco during the week, and I guess we'll have to see if he's going to be active or not. And if he is active, would they think about starting him? Or are they going to go with who was that guy? It's like Mike White. He's the guy who came in for Wilson in the Patriots game. He did play pretty well. He was able to get the offense up and down the field a couple of times. I mean, he at least had the offense looking a little better than when Wilson was there. But I just think between Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon, I think the Bengals are going to be able to put up points in this game. Not necessarily 54 like the Patriots did, but, um, but yeah, I fully expect the Bengals to roll in this one. The line's 11, which is another big line because I say double-digit lines in the NFL scare me. But I feel pretty good about this one. I'll take the Bengals minus the 11 over the Jets. All right, let's go ahead. Next game. We have... How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. The 
Chargers? No, the Rams. Yes, the Rams uh, going to Houston to face the Texans. One o'clock. Rams coming to this game at six and one. Texans are one and six. Um. So the Texans coming to this losing. Cause I'm just look at the last five games, but they've lost their last five. I think they've lost six in a row. I believe their one win was opening week and against the Jaguars. But, yeah, they've been pretty bad in these last five games. Only game that they were close in was the Patriots game where they lost 25-22. to But, I mean, it's it's rough. They lost to Carolina 24-9. to Lost to Buffalo 40 to nothing. Lost to the Colts thirty-one to three, lost to Arizona thirty-one to five. So clearly, offensively, they don't do much at all. The Rams are coming to this one. Winners for for the last five. Wins over the Bucks, Seahawks, Giants, and Lions. The line for this game is sixteen. Another big line. But, I mean, what what is there to be optimistic about with the Texans in terms of possibly winning this game? I think, number one, for the Texans, they're not going to really be able to move on until they probably get rid of Watson and kind of just wipe themselves clean of that whole thing. And... Uh, was the youngster Davis Mills is their starting quarterback. You just got to kind of have to ride out his ups and downs right now. But, yeah, not, nothing really to be too happy to look forward to for the Texans this year. And then for the Rams, sitting at 6-1, and one, um, I mean, it's... I mean, this looks like just every opportunity for them to go to 7-1. and one. I'm expecting Stafford with uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to put up points. I think defensively, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald gets a couple of sacks on Davis Mills. I think the Rams defense is going to give this Texans offense fits. So even though the line is 16, I can confidently say I'll take the Rams minus the 16 in this game. And no hesitation, give me the Rams. Probably a big game for Cooper Cup, for any of you fantasy players out there. All right, next game. So this is the first game in the 4 o'clock window. We have the Patriots traveling out to Los Angeles to play the Chargers at uh, SoFi Stadium. Uh, So this matchup... So if we look back to last year, these two teams played. So this is with Cam Newton back there. And the Patriots were able to just destroy the Chargers 45 to nothing. Now, if you fast forward to this year, oh, sorry, Patriots coming to this game at 3-4. and four. 
the Chargers are four and two. So you fast forward to this year, new coach because the big issue last year was Anthony Lynn, and with that, I guess new energy we'll say uh, for the Patriots. Yes, they won forty-five to nothing, but they've done a lot of upgrading to the team from even last year. Gone is Cam Newton in Mac Jones. Mac Jones gives the Patriots the ability to run a more conventional offense, more standard to what they've been running for the last 20 years or so. Um, Patriots also, you know, brought in different weapons and Mac Jones is continuing to feel more and more comfortable with those guys. So we have a good matchup here between two young quarterbacks and Herbert and Mac Jones. Rush-wise, I mean, you have Damien Harris, Austin Eckler on the other side. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup because we're going to see in this game whether or not Bill Belichick just you know has Justin Herbert's number or will Herbert be able to bounce back and show that last year's 45 nothing was just an aberration, we'll say. Um, key for the Patriots, continue to open up the playbook for Mac Jones. Uh, the, the weakness for the Chargers defense is their run defense. So that probably makes you think, we'll just run Damian Harris all day. And you probably could do that, but I I feel like Mac Jones is at that place where Josh McDaniels or Belichick or whatever could call a play and feel comfortable that Mac Jones will make the right decision. So it could be something where they use Harris and you know JJ Taylor and we'll have to see if Ramondre Stevenson's actor for this game, since the rush offense will probably be the best form of attack for the Patriots. But wouldn't be surprised if you see them focus on the run game to then try to surprise the Chargers with Mac Jones and play action over the top. Kind of like a play like what we saw with uh, Kendrick Bourne last week against the Jets where he was able to get by his man, fly down the seam uh, near the sideline, and Mac Jones put a perfect ball over the top. So winning formula establish Damon Harris and those guys with this offensive line that's starting to get back healthy as we saw last week was able to make running holes for Harris or whoever was in the backfield for the Chargers don't fall into that trap that a lot of young teams do against Belichick and feel like they have to go over the top in terms of completely changing who they are to try to come up with something different i that's usually a recipe for disaster against a Belichick-led team. So I think for the Chargers, it's going to be hope that Herbert, you know, trusts what his eyes see in coverage and try to find Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen is going to be a tough matchup for this Patriots defense as he's a taller receiver with great hands. So... Should be a really good game. The line's at four and a half. I'm going to take the Patriots plus the four and a half. Uh, I just, I mean, I've said this from the beginning that I like Mac Jones. 
I'm, you know, liking the pick even more after the past couple of weeks. So I think in this one, he's going to put up some numbers. He'll be able to get a probably a touchdown or two. And, and we'll see if Damian Harris can have a big game against the Chargers defense that's bad against the run. So, yeah, Patriots plus the four and a half for me. All right, so the next game in the four o'clock window, we have Jacksonville traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks at 4.05. Once again, no Russell Wilson in this game. I think he... I think he'll try to give it a go maybe next week. But... Uh, coming into this one, yeah, the Jaguars are one and five. Seahawks are two and five. So the Seahawks are just a little bit better than the Jaguars right now. But of course, the loss of Russell Wilson will do that. And the line right now is three and a half. Seahawks coming into this losers of four of the last five. The only win against the Niners with losses against the Vikings, Rams, Steelers, and Saints. Jaguars, same thing for the last five. Only win was their last game, which was two weeks ago against the Dolphins. But they have losses before that against Tennessee, Cincinnati, uh, Arizona, and Denver. So, for the Jaguars, it'll be I guess the continued growth of Trevor Lawrence offensively. Well, we'll see, I guess, who who can emerge for the Jaguars and be a complementary piece to Trevor Lawrence, whether it's Jerome Robinson in the backfield or you know one of these receivers steps up and makes it so they can make some plays in the passing game. For the Seahawks, like I said, with no Russell Wilson, you get Geno Smith again. And Geno Smith is, I mean, I don't know. Because Geno Smith looked pretty bad. But I do think that he may not be the complete disaster that he was at least uh, last week. So I think he'll bounce back and play a little bit better in this game. Because he has weapons there, of course. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, just name a few. But um, this is a tough one. Because this one could go either way. That three and a half number is I mean, it's tempting both ways. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go Jaguars plus three and a half here. It's probably a, a dangerous pick to make, but I don't know. There's something about Jacksonville. I could see them winning this one only because I I don't expect too much of an improvement from Geno Smith in this game. I think you'll see the same conservative offense, the same mistakes that he's made so far I think will happen in this game 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Jaguars. Plus three and a half. Let's move on to the next game. It is the Broncos. So Washington football team traveling to Denver to face the Broncos 425. This one, Washington comes in at two and five. Broncos are three and four. Two teams that I guess in two different ways have been disappointing this year so far. Well, at this point, Washington been disappointing all year because the defense hasn't been as good as people thought for Denver. I guess their issues have really started making an appearance the past couple of weeks. And I think early in the season, a lot of people were looking to jump on the Broncos bandwagon. But right now, yeah, that's it's not happening. Uh, battle of two guys at quarterback who I mean yeah we got Heineke versus Bridgewater Bridgewater is the better quarterback of the two it's just that Bridgewater has been a little inconsistent it seems like well Denver on a whole has been kind of inconsistent uh, this year especially past few weeks Broncos lost four of the last five only win was against the Jets but they lost to Baltimore Pittsburgh the Raiders and Cleveland a couple of close games in there but once again loss is a loss football team lost four of the last five only win against the Falcons but sandwiched that with losses to Buffalo Saints Kansas City and Green Bay. Um, yes, game's in, in Denver. So, that's going to be one thing to look at here. Of course, the altitude and all that affects most visiting teams. So, we'll have to see how Washington deals with that here. Uh, Denver, defensively, pretty good on the ground. Well, against ground games. And pretty good against passing games for Washington with Heineke quarterback a lot of uncertainty in terms of what to make of this team is it a complete miss on this defense or did it just take them a couple of weeks to figure it out um and then offensively, the I guess the the shine that Heineke had uh, coming off that playoff game last year, where he played pretty good against Tampa and Washington played them tough. But right now, I don't know what to say for Washington. Best player offensively is Terry McLaurin, but if Heineken's you know inability to find him he's kind of neutralized based off of who the quarterback is Denver has some issues Von Miller's questionable and with I think it's Bradley 
Keb. I feel like he's had a little bit of a down year. But I think he's dealt with injuries as well. So this is another one that I could see going either way. Especially with it being a three and a half. This one's, this one's tough, tough, tough. But I think I trust Bridgewater and uh, Melvin Gordon in the backfield more than Heineke and was it Gibson. So, let's say with three and a half, yeah. So, give me the Broncos minus the three and a half in this one. So, move on to the next game. We have Saints, Bucks. So, the Bucks traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints, 425 p.m. Sunday. Bucks coming to this game at 6 and 1. Saints coming to this one at 4 and 2. Come off their win. Was that Monday night? Yeah, so uh, what are the keys? Key will be for the Saints. Uh, which Jameis Winston will they get? And for them to win, they're gonna have to get the good Jameis Winston, the one who uh, makes you know confident throws in traffic. He's careful with the ball because he has a tendency to be a little bit too high risk and make some throws that make you wonder what he was seeing but if he can limit that then maybe with the Saints defense they can get to Brady enough where um, really lead to you know maybe some quick drives quick, quick like three and outs or maybe a, a first down and then punt right after Probably Kamara for the Saints, and I have to have a huge game for him to have a shot in this one. Because with the Bucks, I mean, you have Brady, who's what, 44, still playing really well. He has 21 touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, that's crazy right now. Uh, the other side, Winston's 13 and three, but um. For the Bucks, I mean, you have Fournette who's come on a little bit lately. But I think still no Gronk in this one. Uh, he's questionable. Antonio Brown is out because, yeah, he's out for sure. But um, Gronkowski is a guy that they definitely miss in this offense. And uh, let's see the Saints. Oh, they have Taysom Hill out. Didn't actually know that, so. Um, yeah, I feel like this one's. I feel like this was an easy one to pick. Lines at four and a half. So I gotta say, seems a little low to me. But the Saints are four and twos. So I guess gotta give them some respect there. Um, this tough one too, because if the Saints get, you know, good Jameis Winston. And this game could be pretty entertaining. But if he, you know, starts turning the ball over, making some plays that makes you scratch your head, then it could be a long, long day for the Saints. Let's see, line four and a half. Yeah, I'll take the Bucks in this one. I guess it's 
throwing me off. Four and a half does seem low for this matchup, but I'm going to take the Bucks minus the four and a half. I'm just expecting Brady to outperform. Just uh, Winston, yeah. Brady to outperform Winston. And. Yeah, four and a half seems really low. But give me the Bucks minus four and a half. Might be the steal of the week. All right, so next game is the Sunday night game with the Cowboys traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings at 820. Cowboys come to this one at 5-1. and one. Vikings are 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Vikings are another one of those teams, I think, started off the year... 0-2, or something like that. And one, a couple games here, back-to-back. So they've won three of their last four with wins over the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Panthers. Cowboys have won their last five with their last game before the bye come, well, was against New England in that overtime game. So, they're well-rested. Uh, actually, the Vikings are the same way. Vikings coming off a bye, too. So, two teams coming off a bye. Could make for an interesting football game. Uh, the key for the Vikings will be... Kirk Cousins. Because I think there's a stat out there that Kirk Cousins in primetime games... Is uh like ridiculously uh bad compared to normal games. So this being a Sunday night game, if the trend holds up, that Kirk Cousins is going to struggle, and if he struggles, the Cowboys will be there to take advantage of it because the Cowboys have a pretty good offense, mainly because Dak Prescott's been playing out of his mind this year, and. Uh, Zeke Elliott seems like he's a little bit, you know, I guess better off than he was earlier in the year where he seemed like he struggled for the first few weeks. Seems like he's starting to put it on right now. I mean, what, 102 carries. He has 521 yards, five touchdowns. So he's averaging over five yards a carry. And with the five TDs, that's pretty good. But Prescott, you know, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Pretty good game right there. A pretty good season right there for Dak, I mean. But yeah, Kirk Cousins, you're going to need the good Kirk Cousins. Just haven't seen it a lot, primetime games. So I don't know if at this point maybe it's a mental thing because he's been hearing about it so long that... I don't know, but it's been weird seeing Kirk Cousins continuously, you know, lose lose these primetime games. Uh, Dalvin Cook will be a key for them if they can get him established on the ground. Uh, the Cowboys give up only 86 yards on the ground, so they're probably going to have to find different ways to find Cook. Once again, screen passes or splitting them out wide and having him run like a quick slant or a comeback or something like that. Seems like conventionally just handing the ball to him 
to run isn't going to be the best opportunity in this game. But if they were able to do it, it would probably be their best offense if they get Cook going because then they can uh, run a lot of the clock out if the game's close late or kind of limit Dak Prescott and the offense's possessions in this game. So I think it'll be tough, but that's going to be the Vikings' best bet in this one. And then for the Cowboys, it's going to be just continue to ride uh, Dak Prescott's shoulders offensively, have him you know continue to run the show. And then defensively, you know, try to get to Kirk Cousins because his biggest weapon, of course, is uh, Adam Thielen. So you'll probably see... Was it uh, Trayvon Diggs in that situation there? So, yeah. so the Vikings would be try to force you know Ezekiel Elliott to beat them, not Dak because Dak is too good right now. And then for the Cowboys, would be how powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day. Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual Feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp. Helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. Try neutralize Dalvin Cook. If you can do that, you have a very good chance of beating this Vikings team. So the line's at three. And kind of a surprise, I'm going to take the Cowboys, who are actually plus three in this one. So the Cowboys are, at least by the line, whatever, an underdog in this one. Which, if I just looked at it real quick, I wouldn't have thought it'd be that way. But maybe it's a sign of luck for me. But I'll take the Cowboys plus three. No hesitation at all in this one. Mm. I guess one last note on that one. I'm expecting Dak to have a pretty good game. You know, maybe we'll see CeeDee Lamb get into the end zone. Or, I don't know. But yeah. I think that's one of those lines, Dallas plus three, that... A lot of people will be looking at and thinking that that's a cakewalk in this one. Like I said, Minnesota, hey, maybe Kirk Cousins 
destroys the stick the stigma against him that he's terrible in primetime games and has one for the ages here. But I just think the Cowboys have too much offensively. Uh, and they have Trayvon Dix is able to play really well on number one receivers for the other team. So him and Thielen will probably be going at it. But Dallas plus three seems the right play. So now the final game of the week is the Monday night game. At 8.15 p.m., we'll see the Giants traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Uh, Giants coming to this one at 2-5. and five. Chiefs are 3-4. and four. The Chiefs, we know, have had quite a bit of a struggle, to say the least, to start the season off. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, who's had turnover issues in... How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Um, just real inconsistencies and some weird things that we've seen that haven't seen before. Whether it's you know Mahomes seemingly getting sacked. Seems like more often now than he ever did last year. Seen a couple of throws he's made that's been off. We've seen passes go right through, you know, Tyreek Hill's hands into interceptions. So it seems like there's a lot out of sorts with the Chiefs right now. But luckily they're going against the Giants who have even more issues than they do. Um I would say the least, no Saquon Barkley. Believe a couple of wide receivers are down in this one or are questionable. So either way, they're banged up. And for the Chiefs, it's going to be a game on Monday night where they're going to want to really put on a show to kind of uh, silence some of the, the murmurs around about the Chiefs really struggling right now. Um, and you know when you watch a Kansas City game Mahomes got the ball in his hand so he's clearly the the you know, interesting subject coming into this one but I think Mahomes is, is Mahomes going to play in this one? I don't know I know he went out last week was it a concussion protocol? after he took that uh, was like knee to the helmet when he was going down and hmm. yeah I don't I mean I don't think the Chiefs are going to continue to struggle in this one like I said the Giants have their own issues but I mean once again as a Patriots fan seeing the Chiefs struggle I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. But I think this has the potential to be a get-right game for Kansas City. Uh, I mean, they would love to get back to 4-4, four and four, be at 500. And the Giants... I mean, the Giants struggle against the run. 
Yeah, the Chiefs actually average 118 yards a game. So maybe with the recent struggles for Mahomes, or if it's not Mahomes, and I think Chad Henney has to play instead, then maybe the run game is the way to go. I mean, maybe it's an ego thing or whatever, but I mean, it seems like the the Chiefs are married to Mahomes or whatever, so come up with a game plan that's like run centric maybe isn't what they do but I think in this matchup it would be beneficial because if Mahomes is back there you don't want him to take more unnecessary hits and you know make it something where you know if he gets hurt again maybe it's for a prolonged part of the season like I said for the Giants it's kind of just Finding the next guy up to fill, you know, some of these holes left by injured players. They have to do something you know, about production because Daniel Jones is the leading passer and rusher. If your quarterback's your leading rusher, then you have real problems in the running back room. So... Well, let me see. I didn't give you the line. So the line's 10 in this matchup. Give me the Chiefs minus the 10 over the Giants. Yeah. Anyway, that's the last game of the week. As I said before, the buys this week are the Ravens and the Raiders. So after this week, we will be, I guess, the halfway point in the season, the new 17-game season. Maybe at some point we'll have to look do maybe an episode about surprises from the first half and what's looked for in the second half. But yeah, that's it for this week's schedule. So, like I said, last week went seven and five. We got fifteen games this week. See how we do. Uh, probably had the highest number of underdogs I'm going with in this one. Bears, Steelers, Lions. Titans and Patriots. Oh, actually, yeah, Jaguars and Cowboys as well as underdogs. So it's most underdogs I've gone with. It's an interesting schedule this week. Um, but yeah, don't think there's anything other, any other news in the NFL really. Okay, so I just saw. I guess Prescott's a game time call. Yeah, because Dak had a calf injury. Okay, that's going to be something to watch. If Dak can't go, then that Cowboys-Vikings game gets a little more interesting. But yeah, I don't see anything about Mahomes yet. Probably won't learn anything until Sunday before the game. But yeah, there you go. Um... So, once again, those of you new, so we go through the preview week eight now, and then midweek next week, come back, look back on everything, review the picks, see how well see how well it went. But, um, but yeah, that's week eight right there. And I guess next couple episodes, 
But we'll talk World Series again because the Braves did get another win uh, Saturday. So they're now up 3-1. Even though I picked them in six. So we'll see if the Astros can get game five. And then uh, either the next time I talk about them, it'll be looking forward to possible clincher for the Braves in like a game six or seven. Or the Braves win the three in Atlanta win the World Series, and then we can kind of look back. Uh, still have to talk some NBA, talk about Trey Young, Ben Simmons, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely appreciate you tuning in. And you know, if you like this episode, of course, hit the like button. Uh, you can leave a comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Tell somebody about it. Try to grow the community. And also, if you have suggestions for you know, I don't know topics you want me to talk about or questions, anything like that, I guess the best one would be Twitter at Chopping Podcast. You can follow me there, interact there, or I guess the Facebook page for Chopping at the Bit. You know. You can hit like on that, then uh, join that community there and interact that way. But um, however you want to do it, it's fine with me. Um, but yeah, the key is spread the word, try to expand the listening audience, and yeah, continue to have some fun with it. So. But yeah, thanks again. Uh, Be safe out there. God bless. And catch you next episode. All right, I'm out. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula, infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp, helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then, open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com.